folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. And me, Christian Hugill, and we are at the 2023 British Grand Prix and it is Friday afternoon. Do I sound like I'm losing my voice already? Yeah, a little bit. You do sound a little bit husky. Now, the big important thing here and listeners might notice that it is still just me and Christian. Well, the the plan had been put quite clearly on all our socials, 4pm in the fan zone. Some people have turned up. Hello, everyone. Some people have turned up to watch. They made it. Greg James hasn't. And the ironic thing is, is that Greg's car would not start. If he's got a problem, change his effing car. <laughs> That's what he should have done. And it is ironic because we are with some of the best mechanics in the entire world here at Silverstone. And uh, Greg needs a mechanic desperately. It's absolutely hilarious. It's our first ever Grand Prix. We're all so excited. And Greg James <laughs> broken can't down. make it. But the big thing here, Christian, is that today Greg was supposed to be getting put through his paces, seeing if he's a good team principal by playing F1 Manager. F1 Manager 23, for those who didn't play the game last year, is this awesome management simulation game. If you ever thought, I could be Toto Wolf, I could be Christian Horner, I could be Gunter Steiner. I've never thought that. I have. I have. I've wanted to know what it'd be like to be sat on the pit wall and with F1 Manager, you can do just that. And the level of the game, the detail, the graphics, it's insane. It's like a dream for me. I will lose so many hours of my life to this game. Greg's our team principal. He was supposed to be being taught how to be a team principal in the world of F1. So who's, who's going to step in? Betty Glover. Yeah, and I'm feeling really nervous. And just to give everyone a little bit of context, I've just had a three-course meal. I've had loads of pasta. I've had a chocolate mousse. I had two lemon San Pellegrinos. It's un- unlikely I've to hone two- in on the food element <laughs> of the weekend. I've had two coffees and I feel sick. <laughs> I feel sick. About an hour ago, I had a sugar high, and now I'm on a, I'm on a come down. I'm on a low. So you're physically ready. That's good. I, I um, don't think this is how Toto Wolf prepares for a, uh, a race, but here we go. But we've got a coach. Well, we will have a coach in a minute, and this is exciting. People have turned up. Actual Mika Hakkinen will be here. Two-time F1 world champion Mika Hakkinen will be here. legend himself. To help us understand what the drivers need from a team principal. Do you think... You're going to be okay? I, I think I'm going to do uh, go proper Toto Wolf and I'm going to rip my headset off. Betty, look behind us. Look behind oh, us. Oh, wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Mika Hakkinen's here. Mika. Hello, I'm Christian. This is Betty. Hello, I'm Betty. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Fast and the Curious. You were supposed to be putting our boss, our team principal, Greg James, through his paces. What happened? His car's broken down. He can't get to Silverstone. He should have a McLaren. I know, shouldn't he? Should he have doesn't a break down, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never breaks down. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to today instead help Betty Glover here learn, the, learn being an F1 boss, an F1 manager. You worked under the likes of Ron Dennis, one of the ultimate F1 team principals. Do you think you can incite some of that wisdom onto Betty here? Basically, oh. I, I need you to help me. What do you want to do? What, do you, what, what is your biggest weakness? Biggest weakness? Yeah. What's my biggest weakness? I'm not very organised. No, that's true. Then you have to find people who can organise things. Can you organise things? That's the advice. No. 
No, okay. I can drive a racing car very well. <laughs> <laughs> so you can employ okay, me. <laughs> so look, you are an absolute legend of the sport. Can you give me some tips? What did you like from your team principles? That's a very good because uh, uh, when I started Formula 191, the whole paddock, the, the mentality was different than it is today. In what sense? Formula 1 was very rough. Yeah. There's no excuses. You have to deliver. I think today you have to be a bit more gentle with the people. You have to listen to people. You have to give a little bit more time for the people uh, to perform. Uh, so it was much harder uh, to be in that environment. As, as a driver, did you respond well to kind of those harsh words saying we, we need success or nothing? If you want to be a world champion, there's no shortcut. No. So. Uh, there is people who you like, there is people who you don't like, but this is not important to think about. Yeah. The important is to do your job, and if you know that way you want to be a world champion, just do it, go for it. Because you have to respect the people's talent. Building the teamwork uh, is the key element. So you have to modify your personal yourself yeah. to understand each person to create an incredible uh, success team. Out of all of the team principles now, currently in Formula One, which one would you like to work under the most? Zach Brown. He's a great uh, team leader. Uh, he's a great motivator. Formula One is a very hard business. Uh, it's most of the time losing. People want you to win, but you're actually losing. So you need to have a team leader. You need to have a team manager. Uh, who can motivate everybody. That way, yes, we will found solutions, yes, we will win. And Zach Brown is an incredible personality in that, to finding the best out of the people, and that's really incredible quality what he has. So the challenge now is to try and, for you, Betty, to channel, channel your inner Zach Brown. So shall we go on to the F1 manager simulation? It's gonna be 10 laps to go of the British Grand Prix. Okay. And Betty, at the moment, there's just been a red flag and the drivers are restarting after a red flag, so they're restarting on the grid. What has happened? There's, I don't know I don't what know. caused the red flag, I don't there know. There is a red flag. Let's say, so. uh, I don't know, there was an owl on the circuit, I don't know. As yeah. So, Lewis Hamilton is in the lead for Mercedes, George Russell is fourth, and better, your job here is to try and get a Mercedes 1-2. And, and Mika, how important is it that Betty keeps her cool? Because she was saying earlier she feels very nervous and a bit sick because she's had a big lunch. Would you say that's <laughs> that's not ideal? Just scream. Just Tell scream. them flat out. Go, guys, flat out. You know, um, Don't give up. Okay, excellent. Right, are we ready oh, to go? no. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're under a restart situation. Well, just, what so, what Lewis Hamilton leads on the restart into oh turn one. Lord. Max Verstappen's kept second. In fact, Sergio Perez has got ahead of Verstappen into second. George Russell holds fourth. And um, let's go to our first team principal. Joining us on the pit wall is Betty Glover. Betty, how are you feeling so far? Well, I don't, I don't really know what to do at this point. She doesn't know what to do. Mika, what would you suggest he does? standard, so... Well, this is it. This is it. You know, the driver, like George, he has to take every chance and opportunity. You cannot start waiting like, okay, I'll wait for next lap, so what's Russell happening? So Russell needs to go aggressive, does he? Absolutely okay, aggressive, right. flat out. Oh, <clears throat> Max Verstappen all over the back of Lewis Hamilton. He needs your help, Betty, what, what are you gonna I do? I don't bloody know, do I? Attack? Verstappen around the outside. Uh, uh, uh. 
Max Verstappen is attacking and has made it past Lewis Hamilton. Oh my God, so, this is so Mika, Lewis's driver confidence is going down, which that's not very good, Ricardo, is it? That's it. <laughs> what do you mean that's it? That's it, that's it, we're done. Uh, what F1 manager allows you to do is change your overtake aggression, change your defending approach to always defend, rarely defend or be neutral. And Betty's just told Lewis to go high overtaking aggression. Yeah. So he's 1.1 seconds out of Max Verstappen now. I don't now. even know what George Russell's up to here. I've been just you've concentrating sort of on... You've sort of dropped George a little bit. Yeah, things are happening very quickly. Betty, what are you trying to do trying at the Trying to find the tyres because uh, Lewis's tyres are very low. So I don't. I feel like I've got to do something like here. You try to order espresso, you know. Mick has just described Betty's management technique as like trying to order espresso. <laughs> <laughs> Do we just forget about George at this point and just focus I, on Hamilton? I don't think you no. can necessarily just no. forget about one of your drivers. No way. No, we cannot. Two laps left. Two laps left, right. Come on, Betty. We're, we're back into second but on Hamilton. This isn't good. Max has retaken the lead. Shall I attack? Last lap. Right, oh, go okay. on. Last lap. Yeah, Let's just... Last lap aggressive. Throw the kitchen sink in it, Lewis. Because Max's tyres are gone. Oh, Lewis is closing. A tenth of a second in yeah, it. Two laps this, left. Oh, Lewis has just oh. gone at the inside. Oh. He's taken the lead. Go Hamilton on, Lewis! Takes the lead. And Max <laughs> And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Lewis Hamilton wins, which means so does Betty Glover. <laughs> well done. Well done. Hugs from Mika. Mika, you smashed that for me, actually. It was your mindset and how calm you were that really helped me get Lewis Hamilton over the line there. And, well, Mika, what did you make of Betty's team management? I, I think the work was... I think the, now the work starts. Now, now the work now starts. The work starts. Yeah. What do you mean? We've just won. Yeah, but we also lost. With George. Mm. Yeah, George I didn't do as well with. But George just didn't respond to me in the same way as Lewis. We just want to say a huge thanks to the team at F1 Manager 23 because it was a sensational performance from Betty. But also, it's such a great game. It's so much fun to play. The level of realism, the things you can do, the graphics, it's a sensational experience. And Mikko, it's been so fantastic to talk Thank to you. Thank you for having me. How much do you, you used to race for McLaren, a British team. We've got some McLaren fans in the audience here. Yeah, that's brilliant. All these people here today. Brilliant. F1 is in such a great place with so many passionate fans. As an ex world champion as a legend of the sport you must be so pleased to see that i'm very pleased to see that and i think the formula one has done a mega job to activate the new generation of formula one fans well mika we have absolutely loved having you it has been a delight to play f1 manager with you and you you've were got amazing so many fans here <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you Lewis Hamilton has won the British Grand Prix, is what we might be able to say on Sunday, but what we can definitely say now, because Betty just made him win on F1 Manager. Betty Glover, how do you feel? Yeah, I actually can't believe it. I absolutely loved it, but I'm very, very shocked at my performance because I didn't think it was going to go like that. Did you ever think when we started this podcast that you'd be being taught how to be an F1 team manager by a double world champion? 
No, I didn't. But wasn't he just amazing? Some of the advice that he gave me really, really helped. He was incredible and he was quite funny. He's never played the game before. No. But it shows you how good the game is that Mika's advice was actually bang on. Yeah, yeah. He was bang on, but he really wanted to go really technical. And the guys at um, F1 Manager were like, no, 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 we can't do that. Like, we've got to make it at least a little bit accessible for everybody. F1 Manager is out at the end of the month. I cannot recommend it enough. I will be losing so much of my life to that game. We've moved just a little bit down the road from the F1 manager stand. We're in the fan zone. We're by Village A grandstand. And free practice two has just finished. There are crowds of people pouring out the grandstand. Yeah, there are. There's so many people just coming towards us. And it's been a really interesting afternoon for free practice two, right? It's been really interesting because Alex Albon and Logan Sargent look so quick. I am absolutely buzzing for Alex Albon's performances. He looks right up there. So it looks like Williams are onto something. And also, we always caveat in Formula One, it's only practice. But the gap to Max at the top doesn't look too big. I'd like to meet some of these people pouring out the grandstand. Let's find. Oh, look at this man's hat. Excuse me, man with the hat. Ooh, man with the hat. Hello. hello. We're from a podcast called The Fast and the Curious. Please explain your hat to our listeners. Um, I've been wearing this for probably around eight years. This is the fourth edition. Yeah. It's like a hard hat. It says faster. Well, hang on. It's got it's got an actual Model F1 car on the top. Wow. Two slightly aged cans of Fosters on the side. No, faster. Not Fosters. Faster, not Fosters. My mistake. (laughs) Are you still filling these cans up? No. I was going to say thank God for that. Have you ever done that though? Did you ever drink it? One time, and it tasted. Um, Bad. Yes. Bad. Okay. It's a family show. Yeah. Can, can we also talk about your tie? The, the, I've got um, the noodles down last night. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noodle stains. Yeah. I mean, we weren't referring just to that. Super fan of, of, of Great Britain of the British drivers. It looks we've like we've got the uh, we've got the we've got the belt and the shorts. These have been repaired because these are like eight or nine years old. Good to know. My car wouldn't start yesterday, uh, uh, and then everything... Your everything... car wouldn't start? No. Oh, well, we know someone else's car that wouldn't bloody start. The third start presenter of this podcast was supposed to be here, but can't make it because his car wouldn't start. There's something in the water at Silverstone. Can't <laughs> believe Max Verstappen's car won't start tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We hope for that Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Guys, have a great weekend. Lovely to meet you. Bye, bye. Cheers, Pat. Shall we find some other people? I want to speak to these guys because we look like we've got some... We've got a McLaren Ooh. fan here, and... Oh, no, it's Red Bull. That is, what is wrong with you? Well, I saw the papaya orange, but it's actually the special edition Max Verstappen papaya orange gear. What's your name, sir? Zach. Zach, I'm guessing by the VER in your hoodie you're a fan of? Verstappen. Why do you love him so much? He wins. <laughs> he wins. He does win. He does win, yeah, he does win, does win. Do you think he's going to do it this Sunday, obviously? Yeah. Yeah. Perez. Perez. What's your name? Leslie. Leslie, and what, is you with this young man here? Yes, that's my son. That's your son. And is, does Red Bull run in the family? Um, no, my husband's uh, Mercedes. Is right. he? Okay. How awkward is this in the family? Quite awkward. Yeah. Where is your husband now? Has he run off somewhere? Is that is that him? Oh, oh yeah, he's got his Mercedes cash Excuse on. Excuse me, sir. Hello, what's, what's your name? Steve. Steve, how has Zach ended up being yeah. a... Red Bull fan, he's got his Max cap on and you've got the luminous yellow Lewis cap on. How has this happened? I don't have a clue, something's gone seriously wrong. <laughs> yes, something has <laughs> gone wrong. But you all keep it civil, you all still sit next to each other. Yeah, there's a bit of uh, sort of 
nudging on the sofa and watching the race. Guys, I wish you well with keeping family harmony this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Take care, guys. Thank Bye. you very much. Well, that was a nice little meet the people, Betty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was lovely, yeah. Whizzed round. And a little bit later, hopefully, we'll meet Greg James, who, as we said at the start of the podcast, has genuinely broken down. And he's, but breaking news from producer Jimmy. Jimmy, deliver it yourself. He's on his way. He's on his way. <laughs> Every time we make Jimmy talk on this podcast, he rolls his eyes. We'll be back a little bit later and we'll find Mr. Greg James, providing yes. that he gets here on time. Amazing work, Christian. Well done to me for a fantastic Well done to me. And producer Jimmy's now spat out his beer. Well done to me. Well done to me. Well, well done, done to, to Betty. Well done to Jimmy. Well done to you. Well, but mostly well done to me. Back later. It is six minutes past 11 on Friday evening at Silverstone. It's quite cool, but still a nice summer's evening. And we are in the glamping bar area with my good friend, Betty Glover. Hello, yes. I can't stop looking at the Vaseline. I've got honest. really dry lips, yeah, I do. <laughs> the uh, light is shining off yeah, it. Yeah, I'm glad it's a podcast. I hope my shiny lips don't distract you no, too much. No, no. Uh, and also, look who's here. Greg James. Hello. Hi. <laughs> he's here. He's made it. Oh. What happened? You were supposed to be here earlier. Oh, God. Yeah, quite a quite a long day, that. I was planning on being here by four mm. to chat to Mika Hakkinen. Yeah. Yes. yes. Then uh, that was going to be pushed to five because I was like, oh, the traffic is bad, so I'm never going to get there. Then I went to my car. Battery was dead. <laughs> Turned out. But um, it had been drained by a locked button on one of the seats. Nightmare. The technologically advanced sports in the world. I know. The irony of coming to a Grand Prix with the most amazing machines and I couldn't get my car started. <laughs> but anyway, I want to get on to talking about your antics from last night. Oh, gosh. But this area is very... It is, I've, not, I've been to Silverstone a couple of times before, but I've not camped over. And this campsite is really... Quite plush, well, um, isn't it? It's very, it's very Glastonbury. Yeah, this. it is. We've bumped into a lot of our listeners, which has been fantastic. So if you're listening back to this after the weekend and you said hello to us, thank you so much because it's been so lovely. And there was a lovely guy in the campsite right here earlier who'd come with his lad. His lad's he's like 19, big listener of our podcast, but he's not really into F1. Right. And he was like, I didn't know this existed. The sort of Glastonbury-style yeah. campsite after campsite. Yeah. But but also away from the campsites, he was saying, I can't believe how big Silverstone is in general. He <laughs> yeah. was like, Huge I sites. knew a lot of people loved it, but I didn't realise it was yeah. this big. Yeah, they reckon about half a million people over yeah. the weekend. Yeah. So and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people get day tickets or they can just come for a bit of it and then but some people come over for the whole weekend and, and it's obviously major. The last time we spoke when either of us was at a Grand Prix was me in Miami and that we, I spent a lot of time trying to explain to you guys that it's set around the Hard Rock Cafe Stadium. Mm. But that's a football stadium, effectively. So not like this, they don't have camping and people staying over? No, no. They don't, Because no. F1 bowls into the middle of a city centre, right, yeah, so there yeah, isn't yeah. those facilities. I, like, I love this sort of thing. My first experience of this was, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I went to the 24-hour race at the Nürburgring. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, didn't, I had no idea that it was people camping on every corner and people like making tree houses out of yeah. sofas and stuff and they were make, making their own platforms to watch the race on the corner and camping out overnight and having parties it's and mad. raves wow. and stuff on the corners and it, this is not quite like that because you're you're in campsites and you're not actually on the corners and yeah. stuff but it's still it's really it's an amazing atmosphere oh it's so lovely already, already and it's only friday night because this is the it's people like me 
for this is the best weekend of the year mm. and I just feel so lucky to be here around people like me who just love it. You like being around people like you. <laughs> That's what you just said. Of course you do. You and, I, and I just want to say I, I love being around people like me <laughs> and, and including me. I like being, I like being uh, around I, me. I'd love to correct you now and getting taken the piss out of, but I can't. I can't say you're wrong. I do. People who wear, you always say, you, you lot take the mickey out of my hats. Everyone's wearing a hat. Everybody right. is wearing you a hat. You lot take the mickey out of my merch. Everyone's wearing merch. Yeah. Head to toe. These are my people. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a really, um, it's a lovely atmosphere. Loads of kids, loads of families. Really, really fun so far. Tell me about last night because I've only seen the videos of you on the main <laughs> stage. I don't even know how this happened. But actually, there were so many people watching that me and Christian bowled onto the main stage, not quite realising what we were getting ourselves in for. But can I just just stop you a second because I think a lot of people won't know what they what you mean by a main stage because it's like it's like the other stage at Glastonbury yeah, it's, the it's, it's stage a proper a proper structure like that like Calvin Harris was performing here so in the middle of the circuit campus we've said Silverstone's a massive sort of like seven eight nine ten kilometer campus and in the middle there is a huge stage where Tom Grunnan Calvin Harris all these massive names play and then Ariel Free, Greg's colleague at Radio One, lovely Ariel was was the main host of this stage last night at this launch party on Thursday. This is a fairly new thing for Silverstone. People used to arrive on Friday. Now everyone piles in on Thursday. But I didn't even realise how big Thursdays had got, and I was only here for a couple of years back. Betty was going to be going out into the crowd to talk to the fans. That was arranged, and I had left Betty at the stage. See you later. Drop me off. Drop you off. Bye. I'm going to go and check in with a fine I'm going to go and find some more lanyards. Yeah. <laughs> I need another hat for my collection. I'm, I'm going to the lanyard shop. Going to find producer Jimmy, who's giggling in the background, and I'm going to go and have a nice evening. Betty texts me and went in capital letters, Christian, come back. And I was like, what? And she rung me and went, please come back. Because, and this is hilarious, George Russell had pulled out. So I was supposed to be interviewing George Russell on right. stage. I get there and the lady goes, oh, so George can't do it. That's fallen through. Our, our backup option's fallen through. So it's just going to be you. And I was like, I can't stand on a stage on my own. Like, just do a monologue about <laughs> Formula yeah. One. What yeah. am I going to say? <laughs> Hello, I'm Betty Glover and these are my thoughts now. <laughs> so I was like, I know just the guy that Does is Does anyone an here have a Skoda Fabia? <laughs> 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 I was like, I know just the guy that can help me get out but of it, this massive hole. But again, it was so last minute that I hadn't had time to get nervous or think about it. Because all of a sudden, from the Fast and the Curious podcast, it's Christian Hugill and Betty Glover. Fantastic. And we go on stage and I, in, I swear a lot, naturally. And you know one of those moments where you just have to stop yourself because I went on the stage... It sounds really cliche. There were people as far as the eye can see. <laughs> there was. There was. And the Silverstone people tell me there was 50,000 people there. 50,000 people. So I just stood on the stage and literally just went, <laughs> because it was like, oh my God. Hello. Like, Has anyone ever listened to the Fast and the Curious before to these 50,000 people? Thank you for cheering if you cheered. And a few yeah. people cheered, did they? Oh, God, yeah. A few That's people. Good. Yeah. We, a got, people. we got five cheers. And this was the mad thing. We get. Oh, oh by the way, Guan Yu Zhou's coming. Pardon? Guan Yu Zhou's coming. So me and Betty find ourselves... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Guan Yu Zhou. 
<laughs> Granny Joe rocks up, who I'd happened to have spoken to a few weeks ago before for a different thing, and it was like, hi again, nice to see you, this is Betty. Um, <laughs> and it was just last minute for him, so we we're like, we're doing this, okay. And even if you're a Formula One driver, 50,000 people is quite nerve-wracking. Oh, he loved it. He was taking selfies on the stage. Loved it, had a great time. So it was last minute and mad, but yeah. did you enjoy it? Absolutely loved it. And also, like, you've never seen that. Do you think? Yeah, it's massive. I can't go over how big it is. Go back 10 years. The music names were good, who were coming and playing the British Grand Prix, but they weren't great. Now it's... What, it's were, the, what were the names 10 years ago? I, rem- I remember watching Status Quo one year, oh. who were obviously legends. Yeah, but you see, that shows what's happened to the sport, doesn't yeah. it? Now it's Calvin it's Harris. It's actually got some, some younger people. Well, there's actually loads of young people yeah. here. There's so many, and I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of more I was speaking to someone who is who goes to F1 a lot, but doesn't often walk around the fan bits because they're a journalist. They were like, yeah, first time I've walked around in a while, it's so much younger and so much more female. And it was, it was old dad rockers back in the day. And now it's like, F1's changed so much. And, and this is what everyone says, it's only getting bigger. Mm. And so many people with their families, like there's so many dads with their daughters or mums with their sons or whatever. And that's so nice to see as and well. And I realized today, 20 years ago this weekend, the 2003 British Grand Prix, my first <laughs> ever Grand Prix. Oh. With your dad? With my dad, who's here, and we'll speak to him over the weekend. Big up, Chris. Yeah. Uh, and I was dressed head to toe in Jensen Button gear. <laughs> proper, proper lanyard man. So he was on episode one of The Fast and the Curious, and we saw him today for the first time, and he remembered us, and we had a lovely chat. And I said to him, Jensen, I was dressed in your gear, and he went, oh, I used to think you were cool. Oh. Well, I think the Jensen Button mask was a, a step too far. What, today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got odd looks in the paddock, especially when I stood in the outskirts of the sky broadcast and waved. Well, let's just talk about the paddock. So I got here, parked up, and then I was met by producer Jimmy, who then walked me into the paddock. It's so exciting for me to see the inner workings of a thing. And just to take it back a step, because we know there are new people listening to this podcast all the time who are brand new to F1. The paddock is right next to the pit lane and it's where all the teams and drivers and event staff and also certain very lucky VIPs and celebrities all hang out over the weekend. It's it's basically base camp for the weekend. Mm. And we are very lucky to be inside it. So let me try and explain to anyone who's not seen the paddock up close. I mean, you see it on the telly, don't yeah. you? Yes, it's where but the it, presenters it, it, stand. It's where the presenters are when they're milling around with people. But people see the paddock on the TV, but it's mad to see it in real life where you've got all the very famous teams each having not just like a truck, but... Uh, basically a, a mobile mansion yeah. <laughs> that is set up with rooms for the drivers, a dining room, a bar upstairs. Yes. So you've got like the Mercedes one is dark black with a big green Mercedes Silver. logo. The Red Bull one is obviously in the Red Bull colours. You've got the um, you've got the McLaren one yeah. is bright orange, and it's a very really exciting. And then you just see sort of you just see the drivers walking out of the big team mansions across to the garages to go and chat to the engineers. It, it really is like it's the inner workings of the beast and that is so exciting and I got here a little bit stressed sun was going down everything was quite nice and calm like the Friday well, I've never you got here as everyone was going I've never experienced the calmness of yeah. the, before the Grand Prix on the Friday where everyone's just they've done their checks they've had a little you know practice, practice they've driven out away, yeah. and we were sort of chatting to the McLaren people and they said oh Oscar's just gone to chat to the engineers to go through the data and all. it's really interesting stuff that they put in so much work all the time for that 
that hour and a half on Sunday. It's, yeah. it's a lot, isn't it? So it's huge. And all of this infrastructure around it for that hour and a half on Sunday. Yeah. So, and, and again, I just feel, I do feel so lucky because uh, as a kid, coming here, I say 20 years ago today, I'm 31 now, I didn't ever, like for me, watching it on the telly, going to a Grand Prix in the grandstand was out of reach. You know, we didn't have loads of money as a as a kid, so and it's an expensive thing to do. So going to a Grand Prix was out of reach. The dream come true charity when I got to go to a Grand Prix. Mm. And now the fact that I'm lucky enough to talk to Lando and Oscar like we did yesterday and see them again today and say hello, I do feel like a very lucky boy. Yeah, it's 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 an insane thing for an F1 fan like me <laughs> to just be in. And I do every that I've now fortunate enough to have been in quite a few paddocks and gone to quite a few races as media. It's still the novelty just isn't wearing off. I still just pinch myself and be like, bloody hell, this is mad. And like again today, like if you, I re-emphasise, if you said thank, if you saw us and said hello, thank you because. We've stopped for pictures with people. We've signed caps for people. We've had <laughs> Betty left the paddock today, and someone shouted, "Oh my God, it's Betty Glover! Oh, it's Greg! Oh my God, it's Christian!" <laughs> and it's it, Betty Glover. Oh my it's God, Betty Glover! <laughs> yeah. I and was it, like, "Oh my God, again, what is happening?" That will never not feel strange. And I, mm. again, it's just so lovely that people are listening to this and engaging with us and saying hello to us here. It, we feel like a little part of this F1 community, and it's so sweet and special. What's really weird is that the last time we were here it was february and freezing and deserted and it was our it was our first thing yeah that we yeah. did and we were like is this gonna is this gonna work are we gonna be able to ever come uh, back what are we doing? are we gonna be invited back here <laughs> and then we were chatting to oscar again yep i love seeing people at work but famous people at work so for example we were just finishing off dinner and we looked out and uh we just saw the power couple Oh. Toto Wolf and Susie Wolf striding walking down. home, just, yeah. but just chatting about uh, just, they just but because they just had a day at work, mm. and and that's the thing you sort of forget because they are very famous. They're photographed all the time. They're on you know on the coverage. They're you're like oh Toto Wolf is like a you know he's the comedy boss. He's like Vince McMahon from WWE, but no, he's actually <laughs> you know he's the boss. And he was just chatting to his wife. They were talking about their days, and they're walking home, ready to come back tomorrow. And they were leaving the paddock, and it was sort of oh, I forgot that actually. They have to perform, but also they are also doing a day of work. They're such a power couple, though, that if you'd film them walking down the paddock at that point, when no one's around, it was really late, it must have been like, I don't know, 8, 9 p.m. or something. If you'd filmed it, put it in slow motion, it would have been like, it could have been part of like a, I don't know, like a music video or something, <laughs> because they're absolutely striding in synchronisation. So, Thursday and Friday haven't been bad, have they? We've blagged away on the main stage <laughs> we've had fun with Mika Hakkinen we've spoken to Lando and Oscar we've got out amongst the fans we've seen all the campsites Greg got here which was at one point <laughs> yeah, well done so. Greg thank you <laughs> shall we see what Saturday and Sunday have in store can't wait yeah absolutely I'm, I'm having a really nice time can I just say <laughs> me too I'm having a really nice time and I'm, by the way can we end by me saying I was right wasn't I what? you know when I said to you all at the start of the year come with me let me let me show you F1. It's mad and it's brilliant. It is, isn't it? It's very cool. So far, so good. If you see us at Silverstone, tag us on social media at Fast Curious Pod. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know how much you're enjoying the weekend. And hopefully we'll see one or two more of you before we go home on Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Back soon.